Come down, O love divine, and seek thou the soul of mine. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the holy feast day of Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, 10 days after the Ascension, in which we recognize a new way in which the Holy Spirit was working in the lives of the early church, was working in the life of the first community of believers that proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ, and believed in the salvation of mercy, of love, of grace, of forgiveness. We talk about the Holy Spirit not just on this day, because we know that the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit that completes that community of the Godhead, is with us every day, existed before that amazing day of Pentecost when the Spirit appeared like flames on the heads of the disciples. We know that the Holy Spirit is within, without, all around us. If we are just open to the presence of God in our lives, if we cultivate a life of prayer and courage and trust and truth. For today, our scriptures ask us to stand in the ground, in the spirit of God, and speak a truth, a truth that we know that humanity and creation is valued no matter how fragile, no matter how broken, no matter how humble. And there's no hierarchy in humanity, for we were all Beloved in the eyes of God. Today on the feast day of Pentecost, we are reminded that the community was gathered for a holy day, regathered. People from all over, all sorts and conditions, as some of our prayers from the prayer book say, all sorts and conditions of people gathered for festival. And then something extraordinary happened. Something extraordinary happened. People listened to a sermon, a long sermon. And people saw, they understood each other. In some way, shape, or form, people from all over were able to listen and to understand and form community, a community of equals that respected difference and not just respected or tolerated, but celebrated the amazing, beautiful tapestry of humanity. So throughout our scriptures today, we are asked to consider the Holy Spirit in three different ways, at least. 
One is to think of the Holy Spirit as fire, that wonderful image of the, the, the fire that didn't consume the apostles, the disciples, the friends of Jesus, as it lit a, a lit on their heads. A fire that doesn't consume, but a fire that illuminates, a fire that enlightens, a fire that guides to understanding, that crosses divides, that melts away the walls that divide us, literal and metaphorical. So we're asked to consider the Holy Spirit as fire, and we are also asked to consider the Holy Spirit as a force of wind that rushes into our lives and moves us along. Not a wind that snuffs out a light, but a wind that sparks that fire, a wind that inspires, a wind that moves us in the direction of God, that gives breath, like God breathing breath into that hard clay of humanity at the very beginning, a breath that enlightens, a breath that gives life, a breath that enlivens. Think of Ezekiel, a breath that gives life to what is presumed decayed and destroyed and even dead. The Holy Spirit is a breath that gives life and renews, that gives birth. And the whole creation, Paul says, groans and labor pains. And we know those pains as a community of God. We know those pains of rebirth as we come out of a pandemic that has kept us separated and isolated. We are asked to believe and to remember that God is guiding us to a rebirth. We don't know what our church will look like. We don't know what we're going to be called to do. We know that we have been called to do things entirely in new and different ways, and yet what stays constant and what stays the same is the life-giving Spirit of God that will lead us if only we will have faith and courage. If only we're not afraid of the fire that doesn't consume if we will know and act in awe of the power of God in our lives and in the church. And that's where I get to the, the third thing we're asked to consider, the third way we're asked to consider the Holy Spirit today is, is, is a bond, a gathering of friendship. Jesus called his disciples friends. And when Jesus talks in the Gospel of John today about leaving an advocate and so many other ways you can translate that word and works of the Holy Spirit, but he is leaving a bond of friendship and community that together can be a force 
for God's good will, a force for renewal, a force for healing. The church gathered by the Holy Spirit, by God's gift of presence, by God's gift of life, enters into our relationships and our frail, broken humanity and uses us for the glory of God. In the midst of trouble, when we can testify to the truth of the one whose love is more powerful than hate, whose healing is more powerful than any woundedness, whose unity is more powerful than any division. When we can testify to that truth in the confidence and trust of the Holy Spirit, then we can overcome any fear and gather again in friendship to rekindle and be fulfilled in our purpose that God has given us. We can gather and be filled with the Spirit and overcome whatever fear we have. Remember, friends, we did not separate ourselves from each other out of fear. We stayed isolated and we stay limited right now out of love for our friends, even strangers. To keep each other safe, we separated. To keep each other safe, we isolated. And still, as we come out slowly, 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 following the enlightenment of God's holy flame, we will err on the side of caution, not because we fear, but because we love. We love the most vulnerable. We are a community of friends, not just of the strong and the powerful. We are a community of friends in the spirit, which makes weak and strong, healthy and not so healthy, one in the spirit. One of the most amazing things about the story of Pentecost is that the new way that many people understood the presence of the Holy Spirit and who had access to the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just a few prophets. It wasn't just a few judges. It wasn't just a few, a, a few chosen. It wasn't just the Messiah. We have access to the Spirit by our faith, by prayer, by our acts of love and reconciliation and confession and renewal. I love this quote by Annie Dillard. Uh, and part of it seems a little harsh, but the part that I'm going to tell, uh, I take, and, and it just captures my imagination. And she says that often 
Um, the church forgets the power it invokes when it comes together in prayer and liturgy. The church for, is like a, a, a kids playing with a chemistry set that don't really understand the power of the chemicals they're putting together. They're just playing with fire and smoke. Sometimes we forget the power of the one that we invoke, whether there's 50 people or 500 in the church, the power is the same. And instead of wearing nice dresses, maybe we should wear crash helmets and the usher should give out life jackets because the Spirit will disrupt our lives for God's good, for God's good and holy purpose, for our healing and our humanity. There was a, a legal service called Acorn Legal Services. You know, Acorn, the nut. And their motto, which they said they put all over the place, was a mighty oak began as a nut that stood its ground. Okay, y'all didn't laugh at that. That's all right. Okay, eight o'clock laughed. All right, okay. I, I, I get it. Uh, bear with me. I feel uh, the. I feel as though. Um, uh, a metaphor that Bishop Diana Akiyama, the first Asian American woman bishop in the Episcopal Church, who is currently the Bishop of Oregon, she shared this metaphor about this, this community of acorns who had been laying on the ground for a while and they were really comfortable laying there. They didn't want to dig in. They didn't want to be covered with dirt. And one day this bird came by and dropped an a acorn who'd lost its top and who went right down into the soft ground and was immediately covered by some dirt and it just said to the other acorns laying comfortably on top of the ground, we could be that great mighty oak if you just trust. She went on to say that the church is a little bit like right now that acorn that got into the ground. We know there is potential for greatness, but we look around at the soil and we're a little scared and we need to allow ourselves to be broken open and our roots to grow and the sprouts to spring up so that we can become out of the soil, out of the dark that has been the pandemic, out of God's soil, we can become the tree that gives shade and gives rest and gives life to those who need it. We can become the church that God is calling us to become after the pandemic. We are asked to consider the Holy Spirit today as fire 
as wind, as friendship. We are asked to consider giving over our lives to the testimony of the truth of God's good and gracious and ever-present love. In the words of that hymn, that love create a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen.